Right, we're taping. What have you done? (coughs) (laughs) (coughs) (coughs) We're just getting them all out of the way now, listeners. (coughs) (coughs) I've actually got a cough. I've fake coughed so much, I'm giving myself a cough. (coughs) 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 Alright, just give it 15 minutes for Sonny to stop laughing. If they met me in real life, I'm so miserable. (laughs) (laughs) I just laugh at coughing. Hello and welcome back to Too Much Time on Our Hands, the theatrical cut. This is our second podcast. We're actually managing to keep it up week by week. Uh, I'd like to start by saying thank you for all the feedback we've had from the first episode and we're going to take all of that on board and we're going to attempt to cough through the entire podcast this week because <laughs> yeah. we only kept it up through the first half last week. Uh, re- seriously though, apologies for that. Apparently I like to clear my throat a lot and I'm going to attempt to not do that so I might get quite phlegmy towards the end of the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so how are you Sonia? I'm alright Terry. I'm, I don't know if I'm hungover or still drunk but... I'm going to go with still drunk yeah. rather than hungover. You're yeah. a bit too sprightly to be hungover. <laughs> it's because I've got a tin of pop. <laughs> and we've had a McDonald's. Yeah, true. So we're going to get straight on with it this week and we're going to start by opening up the Kex files. Yes. So, Son, do you want to get started on that? Yeah, so last week, if you remember, we introduced the hat uh, with all of our topics into it. Um, the Indiana Jones hat has not arrived yet, um, mainly because I didn't order it. So <laughs> That's going to hinder its arrival. Yeah, so I'll order a hat. Um, sorry, am I You're playing, playing, f- playing footsie with me. Footsie now with it's just me and you here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just us two today. We've got no third person, um, unless you count the cat. Um, so we put our topics into the hat and we pulled out worst movies. So we challenged ourselves with going to CEX, Kex, and trying to buy a worse movie, which actually proves to be quite difficult. Yeah, we both had a conversation about how you pick a bad film or a disappointing film. Because obviously you need to it. have seen it. Um, we did want to buy a film for each other to to watch, but we realised that we wouldn't see each other to be able to do that. So we had to try and buy a film that we thought was terrible, and it proves to be very hard. We failed in our mission, I would say, this week. Yes. because. I I actually bought two films because I bought one, watched it, and quite enjoyed it. So I thought, well, that can't be a worse film. So I went and got another one and didn't hate that either. So the first one I bought was called The Big Year. Um, and it's got Owen Wilson, Jack Black and Steve Martin in it. So three well-known actors. It was a film I'd never heard of. It was about a subject I had zero interest in, which is bird watching or birding, as they call it. Um and I thought that sounds boring, um, but it's actually quite a nice film. I don't know why I'm opening it. Yeah, so the big year is about three guys. The big year is apparently how many birds you can spot in a year. Okay, is there a number they have to hit for that? Well, Owen Wilson's character owned has the record, uh, which is seven hundred and something, and the other two guys are trying to beat it. That's over it. two a day. It's a lot of birds. Um, and they're literally running from place to place. So, yeah, the big year, would I watch it again? Probably not. If it was on telly, I'd probably look for something else to watch. Was it terrible? No, not at all. Actually quite charming. Um, Jack Black is the best thing in it. Um, is he playing serious or is he playing comedy? It's it's not a serious film. It's a light-hearted comedy, I would say. But it's not like, because as I've said last week, I don't find him particularly funny when he's doing his comedy jazz no, it's it's quite, it's quite a charming film, I thought. It's the kind of film I'd quite happily watch with my mum. Um, and actually, she helped me pick this worst film, so I'm probably just going to pass it on to her and it'll be her problem now. Um, so, mum, I've got a DVD for you to take to the charity shop. Um, so, yeah, the big year. I would say if it's on telly and you've got nothing else to do, give it a watch. It's not awful. Um, it's certainly not awful for 50 pence. What did you get, Terry? So... I was struggling with how to pick a film and I spoke to Sonia and she said she'd pick that film based on like big actors being in it and not having heard of it. So clearly there was something that wasn't amazing about it. So I ended up going down that route. So I ended up with The Promised Land, which stars Matt Damon, Francis McDormand and John Krasinski. 
and is directed by Gus Van Sant, so quite a high-level cast. It was made in 2012, and I'd literally never heard of it. So the upshot is, it's about natural gas and fracking. (laughs) (laughs) God, I thought my subject was boring. So, obviously, it's kind of going down the environmental, like the worthy route. It's an odd film, because basically Matt Damon is a man who's trying to sell fracking. Terry, you didn't say it right. What? You didn't say it right. Oh, Matt Damon. Uh, plays a guy who's trying to sell frack into a town. Francis McDormand is like his number two. Not a literal number two, obviously. <laughs> She's a great actress. I don't know if she could pull that off. Um, and it's, the film starts with finding out that Matt Damon's team are the best team. They come in under budget and it's because he's like an everyman and he helps get them on side. Um, and then basically in this town... <laughs> you right there, son? <laughs> Francis McDormand's not a number two. So it needed clearing up. Oh, carry on. Uh, so yeah, so in this town, things don't go quite as they'd expect. And John Krasinski plays a environmentalist who turns up to try and get the town to say no to fracking. And at the start of the film, it's almost like he's the villain and Matt Damon is the good guy because you're on his side. But it's like, should you be on the side of the man who wants to frack an entire town? So there's lots of should they, shouldn't they. I mean, as the credits rolled up, it was actually Matt Damon and John Krasinski that wrote the screenplay. So it's obviously something that must be close to their hearts. I mean, overall, it doesn't, it isn't pro or anti-fracking at all. There's very much a clear, there are good points to fracking, there are bad points to fracking. It wasn't an awful film, but as Sonia's glazed expression <laughs> looking at me, is going, <laughs> it sounds so it's boring. not the most interesting film, but it, very well acted. Titus Welliver's in there as a um, sort of supporting character, as is Hal Holbrook. He plays the sort of guy who gets everyone going. So, yeah, again, like Sonia said, would I watch it again? No. Would I recommend it to someone? Probably not. But if you find yourself of an afternoon, I don't know, you're on holiday somewhere, you've only got three channels to choose from and that pops up, I would recommend watching it. But If you're on holiday, you're going to watch a film about fracking. Maybe Terry, you need to go on better holidays. Maybe. maybe it's pissing down outside. The caravan's got shit reception. You can only get Channel 5. Oh, the promise dear. lands on. But yeah, solid, but just, yeah, not remarkable. Okay. Um, and like I said, I, so we tried to pick worst films and it's actually very hard. So I went for another pick um, and I went for something which I, I really thought looked like a, a turd of a film. Um and for me, the kind of um, films that I generally don't seek out to watch, although as I've got a bit older and my tastes have uh, mellowed somewhat, I, I do like a funny film. More like down the rom-com route or films with loads of girls in it. Um, and so I watched House Bunny. Oh, no, I've seen that. I quite yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah. Anna Faris. Yeah. So I watched House Bunny. And, um, that must be quite old now. Yeah. like I'll look it up. Terry will look it up. So, what? yeah, House Bunny... Um, Anna Faris plays Shelley, who is um, a playboy bunny, and she kind of she's asked to leave the the Playboy Mansion. Two thousand and eight. Yeah, ten what, years old. She's asked to leave the Playboy Mansion, and she doesn't really know what to do with her life. So she becomes a house mother, which is where are they called sorority houses. Yeah. I don't really understand these um, these things, the American schools and that. Um, so you've got a group of girls living in a in a house, and she's she, the house mother. She has to sort of like look after them. Um, and so it's a, it's a very sort of like typical storyline where you've got a group of girls. They need more pledges, otherwise their house is going to um, be sold. And they start off they're very plain. I would say the girls have been uglified. Definitely, um, yeah. And then Anna Faris comes along. She shows them how to talk to boys, dress provocatively. Um, they all become, I guess, like super hot, and then they realise they make they get lots of boyfriends and interests. Do I remember correctly that Emma Stone is in that film? <clears throat> I'm coming to that. Um, you know, they get lots of interests from boys, and then of course it's a very typical storyline. They don't realise that they need to be hot for boys to like them or for people to like them, and they go back to their original plain selves. Um, and are still hugely popular, but of course their plain selves are not quite as plain as the ones they were at the start. Not very um, me too, is it? Um, no. Um, I thought Anna Faris was really funny, and I was very, <laughs> I really, really liked her character of Shelley. And I have to say, so I started watching it when Lucy went to her. Lucy went out, and when she came back, I was still watching it. But I was actually leaned forward on the sofa. You know, when you kind of get quite vested mm. in a character, and I was leaned forward. And I was, I was, something was happening to Shelley, the character, and I was just like, "But Shelley, we all love you." <laughs> it's like, um, 
But Terry's just mentioned that Emma Stone's in it, and I have to say, Emma Stone is one of those. I didn't know she was in it when I picked it up. Um, I don't like Emma Stone. <gasps> dun dun dun. Um, have I you find seen her Easy A. I don't know. There's something about her. So the films that she's in, I tend to like her. There's something about her. I find her very ordinary, and I just don't enjoy her. So, yes, that was that. So Anna Faris, brilliant. They were, but what I have to say, so all of the girls, they started off quite plain and they were definitely uglified weren't they oh yeah 100% and then they were made to be like super hot which was just like over the top and ridiculous and they were then they went back to, I guess to their normal selves where they all looked better um but the only one who I thought really looked super incredibly amazing in their hot phase um was uh, and I can't remember her name I should have written it down cat someone or well it's been a long time since I've seen it it's just I remember really enjoying it I I think Anna Faris is a very easy to watch actress. Yeah. She's very natural in that sort of comedy state. She um, apparently for that film, there's a there's a nude scene in it. You don't see. You see her from behind, where she just walks around the house naked because she um, that's what she's used to doing. Um, so she's walking around like the sorority house naked, and she, they were going to give her a body double. And she she wanted to do it herself. So the the cast's reaction to her walking out of the bathroom naked is genuine. But apparently doing this movie and her divorcing from her husband was the reason she got breast implants, because she wanted to look good for it. But anyway, uh, Kat Dennings is in the film. Oh, and her makeover, when she's like, like um, the character Shelley makes her over and she's like really hot in the middle. I, was, she, I thought she looked incredible when she went back to her normal self. I was a little bit disappointed. <laughs> um, she looked like a Dor Delano. Um, and I was totally sold on that. And I was just like, cat, stay like that, stay like that. Um, but obviously, plain cat is just fine. So we selected three films that we thought were going to be a bit shit. They weren't. So I'm sure in future Kex Files, we'll buy films from other topics that will turn out to be shit and disappointing. We tend to do that, where we, we buy a film that we really want to see, um, and it turns out to be rubbish. But um, I, I would probably watch House Bunny again. <laughs> How about that? How about that? So that's staying in the collection for you then, Son. No, probably not. I'll watch it on the table. How much will you get for it in CEX? A penny. <laughs> <laughs> right, so what are we moving on to now? So next up, so we asked last week for your guys' shit slash disappointing films, and we have had literally tens of feedback. So next, what we've done is collated that into a top five because quite a few of the same films cropped up from different people. So we're going to talk through your top five worst films and then we'll talk about other notable mentions, which, Sonia, I'll hand over to you for the top five. Best worst fives. Um, yeah, we had loads of feedback this week, so thanks for that. It was really, really um, nice of you. Um, but yeah, we were able to collate the top five because quite a few people mentioned the same film. So we're going to talk about your top worst five films so coming in at number one possibly no surprise to terry and i one to five not five to one five to one okay coming in at number five um epic movie i've not seen it. it okay moving on so what feedback did you get about epic movie so i got feedback from nathan oh who the fuck is nathan exactly so it's the only it's the first film he ever walked out of it, and as he said, that was the first of those films that wasn't good because obviously at that point we'd had Scream. No, sorry, not Scream. Scary Movie, which riffed on Scream and other horror films. And this was the first in the line of those films that was just ripping off films with no legitimacy because then we oh, moved okay. into like This is the Spartans and all those sorts of films and that was sort of the start of the shit. Yeah, I had feedback from Victoria who went to see it with a friend. She said, if I wasn't with my friend, I would have walked out. I was fuming. Um, which I thought was quite hilarious. Um, number four, then, and possibly my favourite piece of feedback, um, is the film Drive. What was the feedback before it's... I re- seethe into the microphone? Graham got in touch and told us he didn't like the film Drive because there's no car chases in it. <laughs> there's one at the beginning, isn't I there? I thought that was a brilliant reason not for liking Drive. I love Drive. I think it's brilliant. It's, I mean, like Ryan Gosling's breakout role where he... Pretty much does nothing. Oh, but doesn't but, he do it so well? I mean, the scene in the lift where he just smashes that bloke's face in. I'm actually getting a warm, fuzzy feeling inside, thinking about soundtrack, I might watch Drive after. Oh, soundtrack, the jacket. The jacket, the car. Brian Cranston with his limp. 
Graham, you're wrong. You're a bloody fool. So actually got a very good cast as well. Bryant Cranston, Ryan Gosling, Oscar Isaac before he was really famous, Carrie Mulligan before she was uber famous. Christina Hendricks, I think, is in it towards the end as well. That's a nice cast, isn't it? Yeah, I'm a big fan of Nicholas Winden Refn, who directed it. I've seen all of his films. That's probably one of the most accessible films he's made. Most of them are very weird. Is he in the hat? Uh, he's not. No, he hasn't actually made that many films. But like Neon Demon, Only God Forgives, Valhalla Rising. They all tend to be ones, as when we spoke off air about films, that you have to Google afterwards to work out what happened. Quite a lot of his films have that sort of element to them. Oh, okay. Okay, so we've got Epic Movie, we've got Drive. Okay, so the next one is probably no surprise to quite a lot of people. Um, Suicide Squad. So yeah, Suicide Squad. What did you hear about that, Terry? So I didn't get any feedback specifically about Suicide Squad, but it is on my own list. It was just with that film, they marketed it so well, but marketed a completely different film to the one that they had filmed. It looked funny, it looked jolly completely different to Batman v Superman and Man of Steel where they had their dark gritty phases but when you get to the film it's a dark gritty film we haven't earned the right to have these characters yet because really these villains should have all been introduced in their own films or sorry in the films with their protagonists and then we get this film but the film had to do a lot of work introducing everyone Margot Robbie is the only person I think who comes out of that film with credit all I'm going to say is Jared Leto's Joker is awful i'm not going to get into that because i could probably do an entire podcast on his joker and I then really, yeah. the cgi ending awful okay so i had quite, i had quite a few people come back to me with suicide squad but i'd like to um sharon felt um quite passionate about that and another film which she thought was terrible um i asked her why she thought suicide squad was so bad and she said it had such a rich backstory um, thanks to the comic books, but they managed to make the Suicide Squad into such a clusterfuck. Um, and she feels that they felt pressured by Marvel, who keep getting it right. Yeah, um, they're definitely trying they to rush actually, into everything. They actually got it wrong, um, I think, with the comedy. Yeah. I no, So I actually didn't mind Suicide Squad, um, and I've spoken to some other people who didn't mind it either. I really... It was one of those films... Sometimes you watch a film that's really hyped up and you're disappointed by it, which is what we're going to be talking about. And then other times you watch a film that so many people have slated. and I mean, you slated it, Dan slated it. Um, and It's so, one of the better DC films, but so it's still... So many people slated it, especially Jared Leto. And I watched it and I was just kind of like, this really isn't as terrible as everyone's making out. I, I enjoyed it. And, I, and if I'm honest, I'd probably watch it again. And I'd probably have it as part of my collection. Oh, I own it. Yeah, but but that, it, that isn't any sort of degree of... Um, like whether something's good or not if I own it because sometimes I have to own a film because I have the others. Um, so that's Suicide Squad out of the way. I don't really think that's a reason. Um, I would I just for one point for that with Suicide Squad, there's been quite a few animated features and they are amazing. Warner Brothers makes amazing animated films but for some reason they can't translate into live action and if they stuck with that formula it would work so much better. Okay. So now we come on to our number two worst film so this is the film that we got the second most amount of feedback and i i'm <laughs> i'm frankly astonished by it terry am i gonna jump over the table at you um rogue one fuck off i know right what a bunch of arseholes um uh, before I, I before i descend into madness what what, what is the feedback because this wasn't one of one of my friends i genuinely um i genuinely genuinely don't get this but then i suppose this, this is what we're all about i mean i mean everyone's entitled to their opinion but this opinion is wrong <laughs> um i loved rogue one it's probably my favorite star wars film i was literally having this conversation last night with dan about how that is probably our favorite star wars film including the originals the prequels because it's just such a solid storyline i mean i know a lot of people at the time was like well it's not gonna be very good because we know how it ends because obviously it's about getting the plans to the death star but all we knew was that the plans made it out. You have no idea how that happened. And I think they played on expectation really well within the film for that. Um, so two two Vickies got in touch with me, actually, about Rogue One. Um, let's go with first Vicky. I was really bored by Rogue One. Um, I actually turned it off, not even halfway through, and I never give up on a film. Um, I will go back to it at some point, but I just found it so dull. 
Um, I mean, I was gripped from the minute it started. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I, even think, f- I think other Vicky said she didn't love it at the cinema, but it, she felt that a second viewing it did improve on. Um, I'm sorry, that's the only feedback I can find I mean, find I think with Rogue One, it was potentially... I mean, also what like Last Jedi is getting in terms of bad feedback, it wasn't what people were expecting from a Star Wars film. So I think if you're a big Star Wars film with that sort of... A lot of their films have the same tone and stuff like that. So if you're going into that... Because fairly early on in Rogue One, one of our heroes just turns and shoots someone who's meant to be helping him because he's going to get caught if that guy stays alive. And that's not something that would happen in a Star Wars film, especially when you consider, obviously, I know a lot of people hate it, but they changed it so that Han didn't shoot first to keep everything a lot more jolly and a lot more, we're the good guys, we're not the bad guys, whereas Rogue One didn't care if they were good guys or bad guys. It was just, these are the people that are in the film, they've got their mission, they're going to get it done. So we don't agree that Rogue One's a terrible film? God, no. No. How it's above Suicide Squad? Because they came out literally like the same month, I think. And I went into That's Suicide Squad yeah. with a lot of expectation. I went into Rogue One thinking it might not be awful. And I loved Rogue One. So definitely, I mean, it's that or Empire Strikes Back for me as the best Star Wars films. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, yeah, whatever. I just don't understand. You think you know people. I know. I'm, just, I'm, really, di- I'm really disappointed in all of you. <laughs> I'm never asking for your opinion again. Um Number one, though, number one shit film that we got the most feedback about was Phantom Menace. So from one brilliant Star Wars to one that I think we can all agree. A low I'd, point. God. Fucking... I don't know what, though. You, you talk I mean, about Phantom Menace. I can't even be bothered with it. It was George Lucas finally disappearing up his own anus. I mean, it just got to the point where he could do what he wanted. Obviously, he'd left it a long time between three... Well... Sorry, yeah, between three, no, it'd be four and six and one, sorry, if you're doing it in the order that they say it as. And it just lost all the heart and soul. I mean, part of the th- thing I love about the original trilogy of Star Wars is the f- models, is the ship special effects where it's clearly a model. And you just don't get that. It's so, like, surgical. It's like being in a doctor's surgery. Everything just looks so clean and so, yeah, just really. I don't know, I just didn't like the look of it, didn't like the way people were in it, I didn't like the acting in it, the storylines in it. Little Anakin is shite. I mean, getting a child actor that's good is quite difficult anyway, but it just seemed devoid of emotion for me. I mean, the only shining light for me was Natalie Portman, but even I have to admit she's not very good in it. Yeah, I, th- I think Natalie Portman's awful in it. Um, so you mentioned the the kid. Um, I'm not even going to name him. Um Rich got in touch and said he's never walked out of a film, but the closest he ever got was with The Phantom Menace. Um, He was very disappointed in it. He especially didn't like the annoying little brat. Um, The best thing he liked in it was Darth Maul and the pricks killed him off. Yeah, so that they did waste Darth Maul completely because he was a very good villain. I mean, I think in like the comic books and the like literature, he did survive somehow, despite the fact he was cut in half. but yeah, he could have been so much better. I mean, the pod race isn't awful, but again, like the CG of it all just leaves me a little bit cold. Um, I quite enjoyed the pod race. That's, what, that's probably one of the highlights of the film for me, but still, yeah, just, I don't know. I think as well, it did have a lot of hype to live up to. I think at the time it was the most viewed trailer. There was a talk, because obviously it was pre-massive internet access for everyone, there was talk of people literally paying cinema tickets to go and watch the trailer before other films and then walking out before the film started. Um, I know a lot of... Because, I mean, I've come quite late to films in the fashion that I am, where I'm obsessive. So I wasn't that big on Phantom Menace when it came out. I got to it on DVD rather than at the cinema. And I didn't hate it, but... Now I've got into my films and I've seen them all a few times. It's like, yeah. not every film that's ever made. I mean, the Star Wars <laughs> films. Um, I'm not a thousand years old. Um, yeah, it just doesn't live up to anything. I think overall the prequels are, aren't very good. I think Sith is the best one. Mm. But Sith could have been its own trilogy because Anakin literally turns dark like in a split second. Whereas that should have been a whole film of him brooding and turning into Darth Vader. But I'm... I'm getting off topic now. Yeah, Phantom Menace, not very good. Although, ironically, not on my list. 
No, it didn't make my list either. Like, I'm just not that fussed by it. Um, it doesn't make me angry. Just disappointed. Yeah. So our top five worst films from you guys. Epic, epic movie, Drive, Suicide Squad, Rogue One, you bunch of idiots. Um, and Phantom Menace. Dun, dun, dun. So... We're just going to talk about some other notable mentions. So there's one that I've got to include for comedy value. So Mandy, she has given us Grimsby, which I know, Sonia, you enjoy. But she said it was a rub- rubbish humour. She just didn't get it. And after she watched the film, she went on Facebook and there was one of those things of the last film you watched is, and hers was the last film you watched is the name of your vagina. Oh, God. <laughs> so the name of her vagina is Grimsby. Uh, she also doesn't like Frozen. Thought it was overhyped and just didn't care about the characters, which I think is a little bit harsh. Uh, and then also a slightly niche film that many people might not have seen, but a film called Rubber, which I lent her and made her watch. Uh, she gets very angry about it. It's about a tyre that becomes sentient and goes on a killing spree through a town, but it is absolutely fantastic. She's wrong on that one. I would say she's wrong on all three. Carry uh, on. Yeah, I mean, I've not seen Grimsby. Uh, so then Nathan, so he mentioned Phantom Menace. He also mentioned Angel Eyes, which is a film starring Jennifer Lopez in which he bunked off school to go and watch it and wish he'd stayed at school. So if ever there's been a damning, damning indictment of a film, it's that. Um, so going to skip on to Steve. So me and Steve spoke about this and one of them makes my blood boil. So he's picked the original Halloween slash the Halloween series. Dick. His reasoning behind it is that it's a parody of itself. It's very cliched. Moving into the thing that there's just too many of them, I think the new one is going to be number 10. But my feeling on that is with Halloween, yes, it is a parody, but only if you're watching Halloween original, John Carpenter, having seen other films. Because every slasher film you watch now, Scream, Friday the 13th, I mean, I can't even think of any newer ones, all of those cliches were invented in Halloween. So the serial killer who just doesn't give up, who appears in the background and no one sees him but the audience, and then he's gone again, getting stabbed, coming back to life. All of that was created by the shape in Halloween with the Michael Myers mask. I think it's, for me, he's the most iconic horror villain. It would be my favourite ha- horror franchise would be Halloween. I mean, they do get silly as they go on, but at the end of the day, it's a man stabbing people in funny ways and... Funny, humorous. Yeah, funny, humorous ways. And the original one is out and out scary. I'm actually very much looking forward to the new one. It's getting a lot of positive buzz. They're ignoring every film after the first one. So all the other sequels, including the Rob Zombie like reboots, it's going back to... It's set like 40 years after the first one and it's like a documentary career or something interviewing Laurie Strode and surprise surprise Michael comes home because um, we've never seen that before and then Steve also one that I kind of agree with so he's gone with James Cameron's Titanic one of the highest grossing films ever made but he has good reasoning so his thing is that it was obviously a massive tragedy thousands of people lost their lives and they, the way they've decided to make it into a film is to set it as a love story his analogy was you wouldn't have a film about the Twin Towers and make it about two people that fall in love on the 42nd floor why not? Why not? Um, okay, fair enough. Although, I, I saw a trailer for uh, Titanic 2. The yeah, they day. made it, didn't they? It was a straight-to-DVD film, I believe. Uh, and then Andrew has got in touch. So, again, I agree with most of these. So, Signs, the M. Night Shyamalan film, in which aliens who can't touch water invade a planet made pretty much entirely of water. So, pretty poor planning on their part. Uh, the Knowing, starring Nicolas Cage, which I actually quite enjoy, but I agree with... Andrew's point. So it starts off really well. It's about the end of the world. A time capsule gets dug up and it predicts a lot of events. And Nicolas Cage's character works out that it's predicting the end of the world. And then at the end, it's aliens. And it's just a bit sort of like slapdash. As Andrew said, it's almost like they went, oh God, we've got a brilliant film. How do we end it? Uh, Aliens? Yeah, that would be brilliant. Hmm. Uh, X-Men Apocalypse. So yeah, massive disappointment for me. X-Men First Class was very good, as Andrew said. X-Men Days of Future Past, phenomenal film. And then Apocalypse, where they just had a really dreadful CG villain who, in the comic books and in the even in the early 90s cartoon, which, did you used to watch that, Sonia, the X-Men cartoon? No. So, very popular cartoon. Early like, 90s, Terry. I was at big school. All right, calm down. I forget how old you are. All right. Um, and yeah, and in that, Apocalypse is really good. But yeah, they just completely ruined him in that film. And then, honourable mention from Andrew for The Matrix 2 and 3. 
he thinks that the matrix should have been left as a standalone film which you can't really disagree with i do enjoy elements of two and three but they're nowhere near as good as the do first you remember one. when we went to, went to watch the trilogy at prince yes. charles that well was it, it was the quadology wasn't it because we had animatrix yeah as well, i liked I, animatrix i believe i slept through most of the animatrix well, i liked it <laughs> no, and i like the fact that you were asleep because it no, gave me some quiet no time. disparaging comments about it i was just it was a late night. Uh, for some, it, <laughs> it was, was gone eight o'clock in the evening. It was gone eight o'clock in the evening. I just had all the excitement in the world watching the first Matrix because it was Matrix, Animatrix, and then two and three, and I needed to save myself up for the orgy in Zion. <laughs> Couldn't be missing that out. Um, okay, cool. So we we've had so much feedback about worst films. It's been blooming brilliant, and we can we could honestly spend another hour going through all your feedback, but we like to. Um, just talk about us, really, and our thoughts. So I think now we're going to talk about Terry's made some lists. Brilliant. Um, I don't know. List. I don't know what's on the list. Um, he's going to read out the lists, and I'm probably I'll either won't give a shit or I'll rant horribly about them. But we, if we've got time, we're going to come back to some more of your comments because they're amazing. If not, we'll share them on the social media um, because there've been some absolute belters. But the the key thing that's come out of everyone sending in their worst films is I want to watch them all. Yeah. I really want to watch them all, especially Craig sent one in. He said, I watched the worst film I've ever seen recently, Norbert. Oh, God. I don't know. Why was he watching that? I don't know why he watched it, Norbert. And he said it was misogynist bilge. (laughs) The fact he used the word bilge, I don't know what bilge means. I mean, Eddie Murphy hasn't made a good film in about 20 years. Um, Excluding the Shrek films. I want to to watch um, Norbert now. and I want to watch all the other worst films that people have been sending. Um, but for now, Terry, could could you please tell me what's on your list? Because I'm desperate. Can we do... Let's talk about your worst actors. Oh, my worst actors list. So, I mean, I rant a lot about people when I sat down actually thinking about actors that I dislike. So I look at it more in a case of if they're in a film, it would put me off watching said film. So, okay. So I've already mentioned Emma Stone has that effect on me. Having said that, I do enjoy most films that she's in. I just don't enjoy her. These actors that you're going to talk about, are they in bad films? I mean, I would say yes, but I'd also say for the most part, some of them, they do have a good film, which helps prove the point that they're crap actors, in my opinion. So the first one could be quite controversial, and a lot of people really rate him. I can't stand John Cusack. Um... I just find him incredibly bland and boring in everything he's in. I would actually agree with you there. Um, when you said the name John Cusack, I was just kind of like... Ugh, uh. I mean, again, I would say Gross Point Blank is a film that I think is quite good with him in it, but his dullness plays into that role. I remember a film I watched fairly recently, I think it's got Nicolas Cage in it, Frozen Ground, where John Cusack plays a serial killer, and he is the most boring serial killer I've ever witnessed. There's just it's, nothing... You know that's based on... Yeah, I know it's based on a true story. In fact, yeah, but which is covered on another wonderful podcast that we've got nothing to do with, but which. But yeah, I just gives me life. Everything he's in, I just think nothing. (laughs) Yeah, he's not an actor. I see in a film and think, wow, John Cusack's in that. I'm going to watch. He's really boring, actually, isn't he? Yeah. Can anyone get in touch and tell us a time when John Cusack has been has excited you? Yeah, has got you on your feet cheering, hooping. So next up. He's a, he's a younger actor with not as many films, but other than one film, and even in the film he's in, I think the fact that he's shit worked into that is Miles Teller. So oh. obviously Whiplash is the good film. Yeah, okay. But I don't think he plays a particularly likeable character in that film. No, he doesn't. He plays a dick, but not as much as the other fella. Uh, yeah, but he's compellingly dickish. Yeah. Well, I think Miles is compelling in Whiplash, but I've got a lot of love for Whiplash. Oh, I love Whiplash. I say that's the film to me that proves that the other roles, he either doesn't care. So he's in the Divergent films. He's awful in those. He's in the Fantastic Four film. He's awful in that. Um, What else is he in? I'm blanking them. Uh, He's on a few films. He's in a boxing film, isn't he? Yeah, so that's on my Netflix list to watch. Is it Bleed or Bleeder? Bleed for this or something like that. Which apparently is meant to be quite good. But by all accounts, things I've read, he is an absolute tosser in real life. And I feel like he's not acting. That's just who he is. Jerry reminds me of uh, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, very similar. I think at that age, obviously Shia's a bit older now. But yeah, that's the vibe I get of him. That he's like, he thinks he's a brilliant actor, but he isn't. He okay. Put, he puts me off a lot of things. Oh, does it? But I, but I will go all out now and say Whiplash. Oh no, Whiplash is, is a phenomenal film. Is spectacular. 
And if you get, if you've not seen it, and you ever see it playing at a cinema, go and see it at a cinema. I mean, I've never been so it, gripped by a man drumming. I before. know. It is. It really is all that. It doesn't. I don't think it does it justice to watch it on a TV screen. It needs to be watched on a big screen and loud. It yeah, we really, saw it at the cinema together, didn't we? In a little, it's cin- fantastic. A little screen in yeah. Cineworld Stevenage. Um, who's next on your list? Uh, next up is James Franco. Oh, you you <coughs> hate James Franco. I he love is, your hatred of James Franco. He is just awful. I Again, love how much you hate him. He's so glazed over it. Everything <laughs> he does, he's probably high as a kite in everything he does. At the start, he was like attempting to be an actor, and then like recently, he's just become. James Franco in film. So he's like doing all these shit comedies with Seth Rogen and Danny McBride, like This Is The End, which actually is on one of my most disappointing lists. Um, again, one good role, 127 hours. He's very good in that. I was but gonna, again, I was ask you what about plays that a very unlikable character in that. And again, mm. I think feeds into the fact that he is an ass. And again, I mean, he's one who seems to have been caught up in the Me Too movement as well as being a bit of a chauvinistic twat. Oh, has um, he? Okay. So apparently he he was a teacher for a while and did like a film study school and would get his students to help out with his films and basically wanted girls, he wanted them topless, would do sex scenes with them and apparently there's things that girls wear, almost like a chastity belt to save their modesty. So he would insist that they didn't wear those. Again, unsubstantiated rumours, but since he won... a gr- What's the one before the Oscars in America? The Grammys? That's music, isn't it? No, what is it? Golden Globes. He won a Golden Globe for the Disaster Artist and he was wearing a pin. He's not really been seen since because it then started to pipe up on social media about him. So, again, does it, it seems to be unlikable people in real life don't translate to likeable actors. <clears throat> well, who's next? Uh, the next one, this is one where I don't think he has a good film, Terence Howard. Um, I, again, just find him very bland, very boring. <laughs> You've got no reaction for me. So it's like you've just picked yeah. a list of boring actors. I mean, Iron Man, he's in, and then Don Cheadle takes over in Iron Man 2 and just turns the character around and makes him a really likeable person. I mean, genuinely, Terence Howard, I, I mean, I can't even think of a film he's in other than Iron Man because he's, I actually he leaves can't that think much of, what of an he impression looks like. on me. Uh, Do you yeah. want a blank? Yeah, he's not very good. And then I've got two as my last ones because I was sort of looking at a top five, so... I'd sort of put them in the same bracket. Jessica Alba and Malin Ackerman. So obviously I mentioned Malin Ackerman a little bit last week in regard to Rampage. Mm. They're just... they. The only reason they are actresses is because they are quite attractive. I mean, in the Fantastic Four films, Jessica Alba plays a scientist. She can barely get away being pretending to be human. She is that <laughs> dreadful an actress. She is just awful. You barely get away being a human. She's not that bad. I mean, the only thing she's semi-good in is Sin City, and her main part in Sin City is like she's a stripper, and it's about looking good and Marv fancying her. She's just appalling. And Malin Ackerman, again, a lot of her films, I think, have probably been offered to other actresses, and they've been unwilling to get naked, because mm. Malin Ackerman goes topless in virtually every film she's in. I mean, Watchmen's probably the best film she's been in, but she is a very much a weak link in that film. Mm. Um, I mean, the sex scene in Watchmen set to Hallelujah is just awful with the jet of fire at the point of oh, you completion. know I haven't seen the Watchmen. What? <laughs> I know. What, what are you What are you even doing? Stop banging that. That was me leaving the room. Was it? Um, I'm sure we've discussed this, but yeah, I haven't watched the Watchmen. It's very long. It is very long. I've got House Bunny to watch. Again. Well, you could watch House Bunny about three times. I'm going to watch time, House Bunny and Grimsby when this is over. Fucking Grimsby isn't a bad uh, And yeah, that's... I mean, I know there's other people I'm going to be missing out on that, but they're ones that stood out to me. I mean, there's lots of people that I dislike a film, but they're people that would actively put me off watching a film. Obviously, not if they were just in it, but if they were a leading character. Like, if I'd known Man in Ackerman it was in Rampage, it would have set my expectation a little bit more that that wasn't going to be a great film. Okay. Well, I didn't even know who she was until... You mentioned it last week, so, yeah. yeah. But I don't know who anyone is, do I? Um, no. Okay, so um, Terry Terry loves to hate people. I like this. Yeah. You like I do to like not being like... filled with the fury of a thousand suns. Yeah, over James Franco. Oh, I love but... I love your James Franco hatred. I really, it's really just... love it. Um, so Terry, Terry nearly went out and just bought a James Franco film because he was just like, well, I know it's going to be rubbish. Was like, was... No, that's not really the point of the Kex Files, is it? Um, well, because I, I wanted to pick a shit film and I knew it'd have to be James Franco or Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler's not on this list because he did used to make good films. I mean, like Happy Gilmore, I absolutely love that film. We're not but... here to talk about Adam Sandler. Um, 
Okay, so that's disappointing. I can't really... Uh, there is one disappointing actor, which I will pipe up about in a minute. Um, there's not massive amounts of actors, I don't think, that put me off films. Cause I, can you think of any that I, that I go uh, on about? I don't think there are. There's people that you say, I think, just to wind me up, that I like. Like who? I don't uh, really Val like... Val Kilmer, who is a, a, is a love of mine. Yeah, see, I've, I've got no issues with Val Kilmer at all. Although I will say this, I'm not overly fussed by Natalie Portman. I find her a bit just sort of like... She eh. makes, I would say, certainly recently, she makes like worthy films and sometimes they're not immediately watchable. She doesn't make a lot of like action films and stuff no, like I that. Just, I, just her, I just find her a bit dull. Um, okay, so we've talked about your guys' rubbish films. We've talked about actors that Terry loves to hate. Um, and Terry also wants to give his two pence worth on Oscars that he thinks you're making were... this sound like I just want to rant. You asked me to put this together, I know, and I, I just love ran it. with it. But I just, I, I love how many lists you've made, and it, at the top of his piece of paper, it just it says in massive letters, "shit films." <laughs> I just love it. I just wanted to remember what I was talking <laughs> what about. Talking about, um, on to, he's also made a list of Oscars that he doesn't agree with, um, and I don't know what these are. So this was actually hard, I thought, because there's some films where I think, oh, that's not a best film, or that's not a best actor. And then when you look back at the other nominees, you're like, to be fair, they're probably the best of that bunch, but that was probably a weaker year. So I've only got four. I mean, one... I know I'm going to pipe up with the One thing. isn't a specific thing. It's just how Paul Thomas Anderson has not won a Best Director Oscar, I do not know. It's an outrage. Um, I mean, Phantom Fred, I've not seen, but Sonia oh, has not stopped banging on about God, it. Oh, my God, the film of my life. But we're not, we're, we're not here to talk about Adam Sandler. We're not here to talk about the Phantom Thread. Um, but, like, There Will Be Blood is a phenomenal film. Oh. Magnolia is one of my favourite films. I mean, that's a very long film, and that's just essentially like a drama. Um, the Master is brilliant. Inherent Vice is very different for Paul Thomas Anderson, but is brilliant. Um, Punch Drunk Love, bringing it back to Adam Sandler. <laughs> Go, Adam um, but yeah, he has made so many great films, and the fact—I mean, he's been nominated, I think, for virtually every film he's made. But how he hasn't won is just a mystery to me. So, getting into specifics, so I'm going to take you back to 1994. Oh, the best best film category. The winner was Forrest Gump, which I don't think is an awful film. Okay, what was it up against? Because we might have a fight about this. So, the film that I think should have won mm. is The Shawshank Redemption. I think if you were to do an Oscars now for 1994, Shawshank would beat Forrest Gump. I disagree. I disagree. If if we was going to the lounge now um, and you could say that like, you can watch Forrest Gump or Shawshank, I love Shawshank, but I'd watch Forrest Gump. I'd watch Forrest Gump all day long. It is, it's just one of those films. It's, it's, I'm, I'm feel, not denying I feel, that it's I a great film. Think, no, I, I really, I, I think you're wrong. No, Forrest Gump was a worthy, worthy winner. Get in touch if you don't think Forrest Gump shouldn't have won an Oscar, and I'll fight you. Right, next. I mean, Bubba Gump Shrimp, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just everything about that. Oh, what a great film. I'd love it. I love it, love uh, it, love so it. I'm not going to watch that I just after I've watched House Bunny. I mean, considering Shawshank Redemption is the highest rated film on IMDb. And we all know, Terry, that IMDb ratings mean nothing. <laughs> Right, right, moving on. So now I'm gonna, we're going to fast forward to 2009. So this one might be controversial. Uh, so Best Director, Catherine Bigelow won, the first woman to win the Best yeah. Director Oscar. Um, for what? For, for that? For um, The Hurt Locker. Yeah. Which, again, a very good film. Yeah. And I'm not disparaging that she that Hurt Locker also won Best Film. I completely agree with that. What Do you know what... Um, Okay, yeah, because if you tell me what other director she was up against, that'll tell me what So films. the director I think should have won, and this is going to get heat, is James Cameron for Avatar. Oh! Not because Avatar is a better film. It bloody isn't. But Avatar was entirely his vision. He built it from the ground up. He created a new world. He, <sighs> he spent years designing that. And it's really boring. I, know, I love Avatar. Oh, but I just think off, for Hurt Locker, Catherine Bigelow turned up, there was a script, she made a film. Whereas he got that... A bit like Guillermo del Toro this year with The Shape of Water over other directors. That's a passion project for him that he's been working on. I just think that should be looked into, sort of taken into account a bit. And it's not just, oh yeah, I've made a great film. It's, I've built this film. I've, there was a blank page and I created this. Uh, Again, I can see why her, she would win for Hurt Locker. And obviously, brilliant that a woman won Best Director for the first time. Hopefully many more to come. Obviously, mm. they're starting to get involved in more films now with 
obviously Patty Jenkins and Wonder Woman and Marvel Captain Marvel's got a female director who unfortunately I can't remember the name of me too um, <laughs> uh, yeah so doing good homework there uh, and then finally so we'll move on from that because I can sense Sonia's fury is I think you'll get on board with this one a bit more oh, okay. so 2015 best film was Spotlight again a brilliant film I would have given it to Mad Max Fury Road <laughs> now okay so I love Fury Road um Mad Max, as you know, is a passion of mine. Yeah. Um, I, but no way should Mad Max Fury Road have won an Oscar. Were well, you talking about for best film? Yeah. No way. It is the most watchable film of that list. It is. It's a. It's a. See, vis- this is the it's problem. It's a visual extravaganza. I love Fury Road, but I do not sit and watch. I've, there are films that I sit and watch, and I think that's an Oscar-winning film. Phantom Thread. And there are other films that I watch. And I'm like, that is spot on, that. But no, Fury Road. And that's one of my favourite films. It's one of my most watched films. I don't think that's an Oscar-winning film. See, this is what I think people... It sort of will start to change. Is Like you say, that's not an Oscar film. Why not? I, d- I don't It's know. a brilliant film. It made yeah. a load of money at the box office. People loved it. I mean, we saw it multiple times at the cinema. We went back and saw it in black and white because it was that good. So why can't it be an Oscar film? Yeah, I guess, I guess we, we have this thing that maybe Oscar films should be a bit cleverer. Yeah, a bit worthy, a bit... Yeah. <clears throat> a bit subtle and stuff, not, oh, it's a load of cars exploding. I mean, that... Because that's the thing, on paper, oh, it's a load of cars driving through a desert and there's a bit of a dust-up. Obviously, I'm very much underplaying it. But was it, it nominated? It was nominated for best... Yeah, was it really? Of, I didn't know that. All of these films, oh, these okay. were other people in the category. That's what I mean, because there's a few where you think, oh, I wouldn't pick that film, but you look at the rest of the category and you're like... To be fair, it's probably the best of that bunch. But you know, because um, George Miller was also nominated for Best Director as well. Um, but no, for me, Fury Road was just so different to everything else that was out there. It showed a different way. And it's just a relentless ride from the start to finish. It just doesn't hold up. It is incredible. And, and it's got really strong female characters oh, in it as well with Charlize Theron's Furiosa. Um, you've sold me. Yeah, it should have won an Oscar. See, there we go. Boom! Thank you. Um, okay, so Terry's done top... He's done a list of four um, Oscar decisions that he doesn't agree with. I'm going to chip in with a number five, and I've mentioned her earlier. Emma Stone. For just, La La Land. I, for La, let's call it For La La Land. <laughs> um, so I, Who I, was yeah, she up against? That's, now, that's exactly the thing. So last year, Emma Stone won Best Actress for La La Land. Um, and I'm going to say something slightly controversial. I was, I was a bit disappointed with La La Land as well. Um, but I just find her so ordinary to watch um, in role. Like some films you want to watch someone who's ordinary. So for example, I, Daniel Blake, you want to watch people that are ordinary. In something like La La Land, I want to watch someone who's spectacular and that's not her for me. Um, and I am pleased that La La Land did not win the Best Picture Oscar oh, yeah, that definitely. year because um, I don't I don't think that's a Best Picture winner. Um, not with the other films it was up against. However, that year the other actresses that she was up against, I'm ashamed to say I hadn't seen any of their films, so I can't compare. But I know Natalie Portman was up for Jackie, um, and although I also said I don't really rate, I don't love Natalie Portman. I'm sure I will enjoy the film Jackie more than I did Emma Stone's performance in La La Land. I just find her just just dull. Dull, dull, dull. I mean, so, I can't disagree with that. I don't think... For me, it was a shock that she won Best Actress since that fairly early on it seemed that she was a front-runner for Best Actress because she swept up across everything, I think. Didn't she? I, she won. I genuinely do not get that. For me, La La Land wasn't really an Oscar film. As we've just said, like... With, I think it... You think it, it was... I think it was a good film and it was like it was nice and different when it came out I mean the scene and where as they... much as I love Ryan Gosling as well I think that were two very very weak leads yeah I mean I think the he's best better bit, than her though the best bit in the film is where they go into that weird dance routine and it, like they're in the stars and it goes proper out there yeah 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 that's very That's. Good. I mean it was, it was lovely to see a film in that, of school. that style, yeah, because that's the kind of style of musicals that I like. I like all musicals, but that's for another week. Um, but I just think they were just so incredibly weak. Um, 
Did you know it's huge, by the same director as Whiplash? Hugely disappointing. No, I didn't know that. And if you're going to watch one of his films, watch Whiplash. He won Best Director for La La Land as well. For La La Land. I'm just going to call it that now. For La La Land. Okay, we've waffled like for blooming ages. Um, what are we going to talk about next, Terry? We're going to talk about our top so, yeah, five. We haven't talk... talked about our worst films. So, I mean, I haven't got a top five. I've got a list. A few of them have been covered. Did you want to go first this time? I seem to be going first a lot. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll go first. When we finished last week, I went straight into the other room and made a list of films, um, which I was disappointed by. It's hard for Terry and I to make a list of actual worst films because we do actually seek out shit films to watch. It's something that we enjoy doing. Um, and there are films that we watch and we appreciate because they're shit, and then there's other films that we're just really disappointed by. So my list is films that have been disappointed by and we did Dan did ask us to stick to cinematic releases but we are going to finish on a non-cinematic release because we both agree it was an absolute turd um the first film that I thought of was Transformers 2 because when I saw Transformers 1 I was so excited do you remember when we went to see it at the cinema and the logo came up and it I made didn't the... see it with you oh we saw... T- Who did I see no, cause then? You, I don't think we knew each other when one came out. Oh, my God. And I invited you along to my <laughs> power screening of two, and you said no, because I'll probably go with the people I saw the first oh, one I with. I'll go with the people I love the most. Okay, then. So I thought I was with Terry when I saw Transformers 2, but the an, first earlier, an earlier discussion, we actually think we were seeing... What was the film we were talking about before we started? That's on my list. Okay, so I won't mention it. Um... Right, when Transformers 1 came out, I was super, super, super excited. And when the logo came up on the screen and it made the Transformer noise... The first time you hear that noise. I nearly lost my mind. I was so excited and I just loved it. I just thought it was just a super fun, brilliant film. I think I saw the first one five times at the cinema. I saw it one time. um, And that was enough for me. And I bloody, bloody loved it. And I had toys and everything. Um, Transformers 2 came out and I was just like, this is... I just... It just didn't have anything that the first film had. I was super, super disappointed. And when I came out of the cinema, I kicked something because I was so upset. It was just like a piece of rubbish on the floor. Um, I didn't kick a person or a child or a nana or anything like that. So Transformers 2 was the first like shit film I thought of because it was the first film I remember coming out of the cinema and I was actually angry. But I d- honestly, I couldn't even tell you what the film was like now. I just remember coming out of it and just being... It was, it was a like, disappointment. It wasn't like number one, basically. Uh, number one was phenomenal. Number two is a disappointment. I mean, on my list, I've got Transformers 3 and onwards, so 3, 4 and 5, because they're just getting longer and shitter. When did Marky Mark come into it? Uh, he's in number four and five. Okay. I think I honestly think I stopped watching after number two because I was so upset. I mean, the fourth one, literally, it felt like I'd been watching it for four hours. I checked to see how long was left and I'd been watching it for half an hour and there was like two hours left. Oh, my God. Just awful. Um, two films which I... The only two films I've ever given one star to on Letterboxd, um, The Mummy with Tom Cruise. I enjoyed it. <sighs> it was just bloody boring, that was. Um, and Geostorm. <laughs> Which is <laughs> what a shit film that is. I mean, is. that was almost so shit it was good. But No, it, it couldn't even redeem itself. Almost. It was so shit it was good. It was appalling, appalling um, dialogue, script and that. It was just... It, it might have been good in 4DX. Possibly, but, yeah. But Geostorm and then very, very close. I've got a feeling this was released very similar time. American Assassin was just like... It just descended into... Oh, God, I'd forgotten about yeah, that. utter, utter lunacy. You know, when you watch something, you just think... This is fucking rubbish. This is so terrible. I'm watching it at the cinema. Um, it was just, just awful, awful, awful. And just very, very quickly, I'm going to finish up with another couple, which I missed at the cinema. When you only see a trailer for a film and you're like, this has got me written all over it. This is so the kind of film that I, I want to see. And it, they weren't on for very long at the cinema. So I bought them full price, I might add. <laughs> I didn't wait for the multi-buy. I was so desperate to see them. I bought them when they came out, watched them. Mother... Yeah, I've not seen it yet. Right, when you watch a I'm film... I'm to lend it off you. Yeah. Um, when you watch a film and you've then got to Google what that film was about, that, that's not an entertaining watch. I didn't have a bloody clue what was going on. I got bloody anxiety watching it. <laughs> watch that's it. Aronofsky for you, though. No, because we, we talked about this at the start. I've watched the other films. I understood them. Mother, no, don't make films that people can't understand. There's nothing enjoyable about that. Um, but and, and then leading on to... From J-Law, I am going to quickly say, I said two films, I'm going to do three. Red Sparrow, um, that was just an excuse for Jennifer Lawrence to get a rat out in a film. I'm so <laughs> annoyed with Red Sparrow because it could have been all right. And then 
I don't think it was ever going to be good. Just no, no, no. Too much, <laughs> too much unnecessary sex in that film. But the other one, which I was so gutted by, was A Cure for Wellness. That looked stunning. And I'm going to liken A Cure for Wellness um, to... I, I do a similar thing with uh, Girls Aloud music videos. Pop them on the telly, put mute on, and just listen to something else. Because A Cure for Wellness looks amazing, but that's it. That was one I was excited for, and then you told me it was crap, so no, I'm not No, it's not crap. But these all come under disappointing for me, because I was so desperate to see Mother. I was so desperate to see A Cure for Wellness. And my God, A Cure for Wellness is dull. Is dull. Just look, just look it up on IMDb. I can't even be bothered to talk about what it's about. Look it up on IMDb, and, but don't buy it. Um, what have you got? So, I mean, I've got a slightly controversial one to start with, Inside Out. <laughs> it's controversial. I'll tell you why it's controversial, because of where... He, that, film, mean, that film means a lot to me and my housemate, but moving on, Terry. So for me, again, it was just a disappointment. I thought there was other ways that that film would have been better. I thought the whole film would be about the emotions working together and exploring what was happening to the human, whereas obviously it was then the emotions going off on their own journey. Very moving, don't get me wrong, it just... I mean, for me, the best bit is like the end credits where like you're seeing cats and dogs work at each other. And I just thought that was a bit bit better. Uh, probably my highest disappointment level, and this is the one that Sonia alluded to shortly <laughs> ago, was the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Yeah. So a big Freddy fan. Obviously a little bit sort of wary of a remake and the fact that it wasn't Robert Englund wearing the makeup, but went into that very excited. And my God, it was awful. Every sort of... They lost the campness. They lost. They tried to make it very visceral and very vicious with their Freddy, and it just completely missed the makeup. They tried to make it realistic, which he just looked melty rather than anything else. And the fact they introduced micro sleeps into it as well, so you were asleep while you were awake, so Freddy could get you at any point. It sort of defeated the point of the fact that he was in your dreams because he'll get you anywhere. But yeah, it was just such a disappointment. And the fact they actually had the little bit at the beginning where you showed him getting burned, almost trying to give him a bit of sympathy. Not helped. We saw it at the cinema and there was, I mean, it was, I think it was like a 12A maybe Mm. rated and it was full of schoolgirls who screamed like a door closing, which... (laughs) Sorry, (coughs) they screamed like a door closing. No, screamed at a door closing in the film (laughs) because obviously with every film now they set up a lot of fake jumps Mm. um, and there was a lot of those in there and they were reacting to all of those which just didn't help with my enjoyment. Yeah, that... That's one of the few times, normally I'm quite excited watching a film at the cinema and it's afterwards that my disappointment sets in, but I'm sure during this film I was leaning over to Sonia during the film talking about how shit it was. And yeah, it was just an epic disappointment. Suicide Squad I've got on my list, we've talked about that. Uh, The Divergent series, I'm not going to go into too much, I've only watched them because of my wife, they are fucking awful. (laughs) (laughs) I've genuinely sat in the cinema wishing my death (laughs) because they are that bad. There's another one to come as well, whoopee. I thought it was a set of three. No, they split the final book into two films. Oh, that old trick. I mean, it's actually done so badly, the talk is that the fourth one will be like a direct, possibly to TV or DVD sequel. Um, the Fantastic Four reboot they did recently I mean mm. I know that wasn't necessarily the director's fault because Fox fucked with it a lot but again Miles Teller was in that awful uh, another one slightly controversial a lot of people really liked it, The Lost City of Z or Z depending on where you're from yeah, starring not, Charlie Hunnam I've not Hunnam. seen that yeah. so it's about an English explorer ah. what is he? what is he Terry? an explorer <laughs> uh, who becomes obsessed with this lost city I I don't know if it's actually referred to as Zed in the films, but basically he ends up going to the Amazon once, finds some pots. <laughs> I mean, it's literally, he finds some pots really and he's good. like, he becomes obsessed <laughs> with the fact that there was a civilization in the Amazon that was of a higher level, not the, as everyone refers to in the film, the savages that they are now. Mm. And obviously no one believes him. It becomes like his life's work. It is based on a true story, but he is just such an unlikable character. Every time he goes to the Amazon, he leaves his pregnant wife and comes back and the kid's like four years old, obviously, because it takes about a year to get to the Amazon. What a Um, dick. It's got, um, what's his name? Harry Potter's stepbrother. Oh, yeah. He's in it as a a bit of a wrong-un who talks down the savages. But yeah. It's just very unlikable for me. Everyone in Robin Patterson's in it as well. But yeah, it's just going down the Amazon. And yeah, just I went into it thinking it was going to be a great film. That's one, that's one that I've avoided because you told me it was rubbish. Yeah, 
some people might maybe if you went into it slightly differently with a different mindset but I actually went to the cinema on my own because I thought I really want to see this I mean Empire why didn't you ask me uh, you were working okay. Empire I believe gave it four stars I mean I what out of five yeah Blimey. they loved it because it's like real and it's quite gritty but yeah I just it was the unlikable characters for me okay. Transformers we've mentioned uh, The Hobbit so I mean I would roll the trilogy into one and say not awful just way too long it should have been one two hour film yeah it is too long the first Hobbit film again in the cinema I'm like this is awful like what is going on like this is a 20 minute segment of a film and it's a two hour film do you know what you know what it could be like the last two series of The Walking Dead oh yeah yeah, let's, let's not get into that. Let's that not has, get into that. That has become trouble. So then, this is the end. So this is where my love of James it's Franco comes from. It's not the end, from. I'm afraid, yeah. Um, also, Danny McBride, Seth Rogen. I hate all of those actors. Why I think. did you watch it then? Because I thought I'd give it a try. It took you just, me three you attempts just like to misery, get misery, don't you? Well, no, people have said it was good. It's got Joseph Gordon-Levitt in it, who I do like. Michael Cera, who I do like. But the core cast is that sort of new Brat Pack type of thing. Yeah. And they just make shit comedy after shit comedy. I bet I'll like it. Uh, next up, so this is very much in the disappointment. It was an okay film. Was nine the musical starring Daniel Day Lewis amongst others? It's, I think it's got like nine Oscar-winning actors and actresses in it. Is Kate that why Hudson. it's called Nine? No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, Penelope Cruz, Judy Dench, Nicole Kidman, and it was just very average. And I was it's like a massive Daniel Day Lewis fan, but I think it was him trying something new because obviously generally he's doing serious things. So him doing a little song and dance number, but yeah, just wide of the mark. And then finally, a film. That I mean, I should have turned off, but I, I persevered because I thought it might get to good levels of shit. Was Triple X3, The Return of Xander Cage. What Honestly, a pile of shit. Just awful. I mean, Neymar turning up at the beginning and foiling a, burg- a robbery by kicking a napkin dispenser at a robber and knocking the gun out of his hand. Just awful. I did actually turn that film off uh, very, I think I told very you, early on. Like, it, you think it can't get any worse, but it does. It was a very early on um, a sex scene, um, obviously. I can't remember within, any of it. Within an, a number of ladies. And if... I don't mind Vin Diesel at all. Like, not like that, but like I don't mind Vin Diesel films, but I just find that he's looking... He's not a man that I want to see naked, put it that no. way. Um, uh, yeah. He's got a head like a dropped boiled egg. Um, I was just about to say, he looks like... <laughs> He's been carved hurriedly out of ham. <laughs> Which was like, I mean, I've stolen that. That was um, used to describe Sylvester Stallone, I think. Um, I read it somewhere and I thought it was hilarious. Um, <clears throat> so that's that's some of our worst yeah, films. Yeah, do not watch Triple X. Um, guys, we've had so, so, so much feedback. and I, we, we just don't do not have time to go through it all. I'm like really, really sorry. But I think we're, some of it has, has been absolute gold. Um, so I'd, I would like to share some on social media. Fire people don't mind. If people don't mind, we just want to give a few notable mentions. Okay, I think we're going to wrap this up a bit now, aren't we? Yeah, I because feel like we've gone on um, long enough now. Where's the hat? The hat is here. Shall I, can I pull out the hat? Yeah, I'll, no, you, I'll give hold it a show. the hat. I'm going to pull a topic out of the hat. What, what we're going to do. Don't, don't toss it about too much. The subjects will fall out. Oh, and thank you. People have submitted subjects for us, which is really cool. I've run them past Terry, and he's given them the green light, so more subjects will be going in the hat. How exciting. Keep sending subjects if you'd like to add them in. Right, it's another white one, which means the the subjects have got... Terry's a white, mine a yellow, so we know um, who's who's. It's another one of Terry's. Um, This could go on a bit. Favourite TV characters. Oh, bloody hell. That's good for a film podcast. That's um, film and TV we're doing. Right, that's that's quite broad, Uh, Terry. What what would you like from people? Literally just favourite TV characters. Yeah, so people that... (laughs) Characters that you love possibly have lost in in things where they've... Lost them? What, like you've lost your DVD? Well, there's some characters... I mean, there's a particular character in Sons of Anarchy who doesn't make it through the full series, shall we say, who I think is a great character. Um, but yeah, just characters that you love, you look forward to watching, that you revisit maybe. Okay. Because obviously some series are ongoing, but there's one particular series that me, you and I both love that we've both watched multiple times, The West What's Wing. What's that? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I mean, don't get to talking about the West Wing. I mean, to be honest, that subject could just be a conversation about the West Wing because I don't think there's a weak link in that. TV there is series. not. I'm not keen on Sam, though. But anyway. We might need to do a different topic for the Kex Files, though. Because how are we going to do a 50p film about TV characters? Why don't we try and find a film with one of our favourite TV actors in a film? Yes, that sounds good. There we go. That's what we'll do. Um, so Terry and I will pick a film with an actor 
who so has been in one like of our, our favourite TV shows. Yeah, once we've got our list together of our favourite TV characters, we can then pick a film with one of those actors in it. Oh, this is going to be long. Long, yeah. long, long. Right, so we've picked a subject. We just need to do... So yeah, get in touch with your favourite TV characters. Yeah, we've got a new way of getting in touch. We're going to give you the social media blurbs now. Uh, I wrote it down so I, didn't I, so I wouldn't forget. Okay, so we are on Instagram... T-M-T-O-O-H. Too much time on our hands. Yeah. Terry's prefix, I am Mallory underscore watches. We're on Twitter at two, that's the number two, M-T-O-O-H. Terry is still prefix. I'm bloody Mallory on Twitter. And Terry's set us up an email account, which we would like you to send your suggestions to just so we can collate it a bit easier because we've been all over the place this week. Terry, what's the email address? It is theatricalcut at googlemail.com. Okay. Exactly as it sounds. No letters, no extra numbers, no weird letters. Just theatricalcat at gmail.com. Done. We finished. Thanks for listening. Thanks very much for listening. Mike, drop. <laughs>